City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. His victims wanted him jailed for life. Tonight, former football coach Barry Burnell starting a 30-year sentence for the decades of abuse he committed against young boys. Last week, a jury found him guilty of 50 child sex offences dating back to the 70s. Some strong words from the judge today as he labelled Burnell the devil incarnate. Our reporter Adam Phillips is at Liverpool Crown Court for us. Well, there were cries of yes from Burnell's victims and their families as the sentence was handed out today. A very emotional moment for many people in the courtroom who've been waiting the best part of 30 years to see justice done. Today, Benel is being sentenced for committing crimes against me and 11 other survivors. The offences happened when we were children, now we are men. Throughout, Benel sitting in the dock stared at the floor, sometimes shaking his head. And as one of his victims finished his victim impact statement this morning, he walked up to the dock, stared at his abuser and said, why? The 64-year-old was described by the judge today as the devil incarnate who had left a trail of psychological devastation in his wake. There is no doubt that behind the football coach, the judge said, there was another person. You were hell-bent on abusing the boys you coached. You claim you were not evil. You wouldn't be more wrong. What you did to those boys was pure evil. Outside court today, Mickey Fallon, who waived his right to anonymity to speak out, gave his reaction to the sentence. We welcome the sentence that the judge has handed down today. It reflects the severity and the seriousness of the crimes he has committed, as well as the pain and distress that he has put us through for all of our lives. But today marks an important milestone. We can now move on with our lives, safe in the knowledge that our abuser is locked away and can no longer cause us any harm. Today, we looked evil in the face and we smiled because by now, we have won. Today, we hand our shame and our guilt and our sadness back to you. It should never have been ours to carry in the first place. City Talk, UK. Now, the United Kingdom has one of the most expensive systems of university tuition in the world. That's what the Prime Minister's admitted today as she announced an independent review of fees and student finances. Theresa May says at the moment the poorest students are left with the highest debt. Our Westminster reporter Georgie Prodromo has more. The Prime Minister says she wants better value for students in England. She's announced plans for an independent review of the education system for over 18-year-olds, focusing on making making sure that disadvantaged kids have the same opportunities as those from richer backgrounds. Theresa May's even admitted that England has one of the most expensive university systems in the world. Speaking in Derby, she says she wants to focus on four key areas. How we ensure that tertiary education is accessible to everyone from every background. How our funding system provides value for money both for students and taxpayers. How we incentivise choice and competition right across the sector. And finally, how we deliver the skills that we need as a country. She's also warned against outdated attitudes that favour university over a more technical education. Labour, on the other hand, says they would abolish fees completely and bring back maintenance grants. I spoke to Shadow Education Secretary Angela Rayner. Unfortunately, it's not going to deal with the crisis that they've created in the education system over the last eight years. They've tripled tuition fees, they've increased the interest rates on the loans, they've took away maintenance grants for our students and they've completely 
completely cut funding to further education and vocational skills. So they've created this mess. It's just not good enough. Labour have said they'd pay for that by reversing corporation tax, but we'll have to wait for the review to take place before we can see what changes are suggested in the long term. Well, it certainly got people, or should I say families, talking today. We sent our reporter Ben Basin out in Sheffield to see how people feel about it all. Jen's a mum who's already got one daughter at uni. Ben's been chatting with her and her other daughter, Amy, who's applying to go to uni this year. It's just annoying. And the fact that we're paying all this out now and there's no guaranteed jobs is quite frustrating. And the fact that they're talking about changing it now, what will happen if they change it when they've finished? Will they get reimbursed? So you've got one at university already and yes. one potentially yes. looking to go? Yes, they're a year apart. So to pay out for two at the same time is a lot. Do you think having tuition fees so high, is that putting poorer students off, do you think? Disadvantaged students off going to university? I don't think it does because everyone gets a tuition fee loan. But the maintenance loan, I don't think, should be assessed on your parents' income because they just assume that better off students are supported by the parents when they're actually not. should be equal. And that's where it's not taken into account if you've got more than one there because... Uh, if you haven't got enough money, you'll get the maintenance loan. If you're borderline and with one, more than one child, that's not taken into consideration. And as someone who's looking to go to university, then is that is that something that, that worries you? You know, the, how much money it's going to cost? Yeah, it is. I mean, everyone just kind of assumes you'll be all right because there are loans available, but it's not really enough. We've been speaking to a student from the West Midlands who had to hide in a cupboard to survive last week's school shooting in Florida. Lewis Mizun is 17 and was born in Coventry, but goes to school in Parkland, where 17 people were killed on Wednesday. Our reporter Mitch Rushton's been talking to him. We see an administrator come out of nowhere and start screaming at us, code red, code red, there's an active shooter. We all moved into the closet. We were there for maybe an hour and a half with 20 kids and a teacher. Since the shooting Shooting on Valentine's Day, Lewis told me he's been through a range of emotions, from grief to anger. He's obviously been off school since it happened, but says he's keen to return. Despite that, some of his friends aren't. They don't want to go back, but I can say I can't wait to go back. This is my home. It's been attacked, but I I want to go home. I want to go back to my high school home. I want to be there with my high school family, and we all want to rally together. Well, a group of students from Washington have rallied with them today. They've held a demonstration outside the White House. They're trying to change the law on gun control, uniting as part of the Never Again campaign. The one thing I've been so proud of, uh, of my fellow students, is that we're standing up, is that we are the next generation. And I really, really want us to be the generation that changes this. We can't bring our kids into the world knowing that they're going to have to deal with these threats. Survivors of the shooting are planning a march next month, which is being supported by celebs like Justin Bieber and Mark Hamill. The Star Wars actor has been tweeting about Donald Trump and said children are acting like leaders while our leader acts like a child. I asked Lewis about this and he told me attitudes need to change. The idea that some people after this has happened are not okay with the idea that there needs to be psychological evaluations for owning a weapon is ridiculous. The March for Our Lives event will be held on the 24th of next month. 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz, who'd been expelled from the school, is facing 17 counts of murder. This is 
City Talk UK. Air ambulances are vital in saving lives across the country. And the good news is another one's been added to the fleet in the Midlands. The new multi-million pound helicopter was unveiled in Cheltenham today. So we sent our reporter Megan Jones along to take the first trip out in the skies with the charity's ambassador, Mike Tyndall. I'm sat here with Karen Baker, the critical care paramedic, and we're in the new air ambulance. So tell me a little bit about it first. So this is our new H145 aircraft launched today. It's bigger than the previous or the other two that we've got in our fleet, um, giving us more power, more endurance, more space inside, and therefore enabling us to really improve the the delivery of the service we do. Hi, I'm Mike Tyndall. Used to play rugby. Don't anymore. (laughs) I sort of came on board when a friend had had to use it and there was uh, a couple of incidents around horse racing that, of people that we knew. Behind road traffic accidents, the biggest the biggest call-out rate is to sporting injuries and a lot of those are either rugby or equestrian injuries and obviously they're very close to, to my heart. City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. And we were backstage at the BAFTAs last night. They're usually a good indicator of who's going to win an Oscar. Many of the stars attending wore black on the red carpet to highlight the recent harassment campaigns. Our showbiz reporter Lucy Ford has this report. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri took home the most awards of the night, five. Whilst Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water, which is up for 13 Oscars next month, took home three. Gary Oldman took home the lead actor Gong for his role as Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour, securing himself as a favourite for that Oscar. On the red carpet, he described what it was like to be BAFTA and Oscar nominated. The Oscar nom is, obviously, it's wonderful, but there's something about being British and coming here for BAFTA. Now, as well as the films, the Time's Up movement took centre stage at the awards with attendees all wearing black. Although the royal family are meant to stay politically neutral, there was some criticism that the Duchess of Cambridge was wearing a green dress. Alison Janney, who won the Best Supporting Act Award for her role in I, Tonya, said backstage that that wasn't an issue for her. I would never judge anyone's choice of what they're, you know, she she can wear whatever she wants to wear. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've been catching up with a pretty big face at the BAFTAs last night, 13-year-old Dylan Naden from Tameside in Greater Manchester. Now, he's part of the cast that won Best Short Film for Cowboy Dave. Here he is having a quick chat with our reporter, Abby Smithson. Well, as soon as you said Cowboy Dave, it was actually going crazy. It was great. Absolutely mad. Did you realise the second or did it take you one of those moments to be like, wait, that was our film? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. I did not expect it to happen ever. And like, I got up and literally I was wobbling all over the place. I, I just completely lost feeling in my legs. What have your family and friends made of the fact that you're now a BAFTA winner? Got a lot of congratulations, a lot of congratulations. I came home today, I literally just got back from London. Everyone was like, just saying, like, well done and congratulating me. It's, it's really nice, really nice. Watch this space. Dylan Naden, you heard it here first. That's your latest. You bang up to date. City Talk. UK.